Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight on Rome Business Radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. And I'm Thomas Kizzard with the Rome Floyd Chamber. Good morning, Roger. How was your vacation? Um, well, I just, it was a staycation. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel like I'm always, if you got your phone with you, aren't you always working? I guess, yes. yes. <laughs> you try not you, to. Uh, how are you? Uh, splendid. Can't complain. We had a great in-person meeting this morning, uh, which felt good to see, uh, you know, live faces again. Uh, Michelle and Caleb were a part of it. So, um, yeah, the day started already good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great that we are slowly getting back to normal. Uh, and speaking of Michelle and Caleb, if you don't mind, Thomas, would you, uh, would you go around our Zoom room here and introduce our guests? Absolutely. We have uh, three guests with us right now, actually four, but uh, uh, representing three businesses. Uh, we have Michelle Cochran. Uh, she's with Storage Hound, a brand new uh, storage facility here in town. And then we have Lisa Oates and Joseph Cook. They represent Windshape. Uh, really eager to hear what's what's cooking over there. And then we have uh, Kelly Teeters with SurfPro, uh, new to town. Um, really eager to hear from him as well. So uh, three uh, really interesting guests tonight, today. Okay, so um, you said uh, Lisa um, and Joseph. You guys are with are with Windshape. So I'm I'm sorry, I'm looking around the Zoom room. I'm trying to make my connections here of faces and businesses that of the folks I haven't met yet. But but uh you said Lisa, you had just um I'm sorry, Michelle, you had just started uh Storage Hound. When when did you get when did you get going? We have basically started phasing in since the end of January. So as you know, buildings have gotten finished, we've you know been moving folks in. So now we're completely up and running and going full speed. And you were out off Technology Parkway? Correct. Okay. Uh, and then Windshape, just a quick touch in here with Lisa or Joseph, whoever wants to jump in. Just give us the broad overview of, of Windshape. Just what, what is what is Windshape about? And Joseph, she's pointing at you. So I guess, Joseph, it's up to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are one, uh, the grander scale of Windshape. The Windshape Foundation is a nonprofit fully supported by uh, the Kathy family that does operate Chick-fil-A as well. Um, and so there's like six different branches or ministries within the Windshape Foundation. And so Windshape Teams, where Lisa and I work, uh, we are the ministry that really focuses on team and leadership development. Okay. And what does that mean? I want, yes. I want, to, and, I want to develop my team. What do I do? Right. And so basically, uh, as we've all found throughout the last year and a half, um, You've been probably on a team somewhere within your life, whether that's uh, your home team within your own home or at work or something to where, man, sometimes there's gaps between expectations and reality. And so what we do is we, where we add the most value is not really, we're not really the knowledge experts in terms of giving you information. What we do really well is we take simple truths and we create an environment in which your team can get away, come spend some time with us to where, um, man, we just have, we, we operate through experiential learning where we have a lot of experiences we can put you through that really clarifies what your team can do or what you can do as a leader to be more effective in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So basically our mission is to build stronger, healthier, and more fulfilled teams so you can go change the world around you. 
Wow. That's, that should go on the website. <laughs> 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 if it hasn't already. Caleb, tell us about Serve Pro and Thomas mentioned that that uh this is a new thing. Uh so so talk to me. Yeah, so we are a uh fire, water damage and mold mitigation company. So Serve Pro, the brand has been around for about 80 years. So they've been doing what they've been doing for about 80 years and um uh it's all franchise owned, so it's independently owned and operated and um we are family owned. So, um, the franchise is owned by my grandfather and, uh, my dad, and they just bought the franchise here locally from Ricky Wilson, who was the previous owner and he has several stores in Atlanta. Um, so yeah, so we just got here last July. I'm the general manager, um, of the store here. We've got me and Logan, who's our production manager. So we're pretty small. Um, but between the two of us, we've, we've got a, a fair amount of experience. Um, we've both worked on anything between like a multi-story, um, like apartment building, uh, working multiple losses inside of one building to uh, really small residential stuff. You know, you just got a leak near your HVAC unit or around your toilet. Um, so, so we do um, all... Uh, restoration around fire and water and mold damages. Um, and uh, we also respond to, to hurricanes and uh, natural disasters. So, um, so you know, like just recently with the Texas uh, freezes, we were out there for about a month and a half only to finish. And then Rome gets flooded and, and we're right back at it uh, back here at home. Um, so we, we opened last July and, um, and so we've, uh, we've, we've, um, we've been working here for a little while and, uh, we've, we've had some success. There's, there's a bit of competition. Um, but, um, but yeah. And, um, so, you know, what we like to focus on is, uh, customer service and, uh, quality work. So, um, you know, just aim to be the, uh, the best in customer service and, and quality work in, in the area. And, um, as a company culture, we try to, um, the, the standard I'm trying to, to set is that we, we build leaders and, um, we create value driven professionals, uh, inside the workplace. So when people come in, they leave better than the one they came. They're worth more as an employee to whatever company they might go on to, uh, to be employed at and, um, and they understand that they, uh, that they're a leader in whatever circle they're in and that they can have an influence, uh, whatever level in the company they're at. Well, that, that business culture is always important. It, that sounds like something right in Windshape's wheelhouse is, is what y- you guys are teaching. And Caleb, I, I, you, it sounds like you're in one of those businesses that, um, nobody wants to have to call, <laughs> but, yes. but, but, <laughs> but, 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 uh, yeah, it's, no- it's nice to know you're there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, nobody ever wants it to happen. I don't ever wish it on anybody. Um, but, uh, when it does happen, you know, you want somebody you can trust and you know, who's going to do a good job and, um, it's going to take care of you from start to finish. Now, M- Michelle at storage hound, I-, I read a statistic several years ago and I'm, I'm not going to remember the dollar figure, so I won't say it out loud, but storage facilities. And uh, I think I read in the 1960s, it was a business that did not exist or barely existed and now it's a multi-billion dollar industry because we just have so much stuff. <laughs> Why do we have so much stuff, Michelle? I know you like the fact that we have so much stuff because we need to store it. <laughs> oh, 
exactly. We'll, we'll take it. I, you know, I, <laughs> it keeps us in business. I, you know, we um, currently have about eight acres filled with over 500 storage units, both climate controlled and non. Um, we have also incorporated some covered parking, which nobody else in town has. It's covered parking for boats and RVs. Um, we look to kind of be the forerunner in technology and security, whether it's um, the gated entry. So you have 24 hour, access, 24 hour access using your gate code. You can fill out the, on the website that you want a unit and, you know, within minutes come and move straight in straight from the website. So once you get out here, you've got cameras everywhere. You've got lights everywhere where you feel safe and secure and that you're, we kind of call it our quick trip method that you would drive way out of your way to go visit a quick trip because you know, it's going to be clean. You know, you're going to get good service. That's what we're, we're kind of aiming to, to provide. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned something I had never even considered. You said RV and boat. Um, because, you know, if you do have an RV or a boat, I guess that takes up a lot of space at your house or garage, if it even fits in it. Um, but this is a way to perhaps you can enjoy it, know you own it, but it's, it's not taking up valuable space at your house. So like how many, how many spaces do you have for boats and RVs? Currently we have almost a hundred, but we're, we have plenty of space to add more. And the storage unit. And I say that that's all the parking spaces, the covered spaces we've got, uh, 10 of each. We've got 10 smaller ones and 10 larger ones. All right. And then the storage units themselves come in a variety of square footage options. Anything from five by fives all the way to 10 by twenties. Okay. And, and how do you, do you lease them month to month or do you have to sign a contract for a year or how do you do it? So they're month to month. There is a contract, but it's a 30 day contract, um, minimum of a 30 day. But after that, it's a month to month for as long as you need it. And but but you the fact that you're placing such a premium on security uh, is that just something that does not really exist in your industry a lot? Um, not a lot around Rome. Some have gates, but they have specific time frames that you know you have to be inside your unit and have your things put away by like seven p.m. So that way, if you work night shift and need to come over here and get something at night, or you forget something, you're able to come anytime, day or night and get your things. Gotcha. Um, well, let's check in with the folks from Windshape again. Um, Joseph, we, ha- we have not heard from Lisa yet. So Lisa, you need to unmute yourself if you're, if you're, uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so just expanding a little bit on what Joseph said, when you are teaching this teamwork, what are, what are some of the bigger obstacles that people may not realize are there? And they just kind of keep repeating the same mistakes all the time that y'all can help people navigate through. Well, Joseph can probably answer this a little better because he's actually the one leading the programs. Um, But I will say that I work very closely with our client relationships team, and they would say a lot of the challenges are around team culture, like what Caleb was just talking about, and being able to work cohesively as a team and be able to not only work towards the goals and crush the goals, but also to get along while they're doing it and to appreciate one another for who they're, who they are. Um, and have, we like to say purpose is accomplished and people fulfilled. 
So I think the people fulfilled part is one of the biggest challenges for teams because they're most teams are really good at doing the work, but getting along and having that fulfilling community is usually lacking. But Joseph might be able to add a little more. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I see a lot of groups that come in. And I think if I were to conceptualize these into two buckets, it would be um, a lot of people use hope as a strategy for developing their teams and leaders, which is not a good strategy. You know, hope is a really good value to have. It's one of my top values in terms of persevering and, uh, you know, pursuing your goals. But a lot of people just hope that they develop really good leaders. Um, Hey, we hope, you know, people feel equipped. We hope that through experience, they'll be in a good spot uh, to, to lead a team. But leadership is not just being good at your job. And leadership is not just having a position. And so, uh, and, and what Lisa said about team culture, a lot of teams just hope things get better. And they live in this false harmony type of world where, hey, we don't know how to manage conflict. So we're just going to try to keep the peace. And so we're not going to, uh, you know, approach differences of opinion or how to work through stuff together. Uh, we just want to keep the peace because it doesn't feel good to be in conflict. And so, we really love working with those groups uh, on both sides of that. So for the hope side, instead of just hoping for it, man, you can create a clear plan um, for how to lead yourself better, lead others better, um, how to work with your teammates more effectively. Um, and man, you can, we, we help uh, equip you with tools for how to approach working together and how to manage conflict together and just, discover how to steward your team and your skills more effectively together. It's interesting. I had a football coach growing up when I was a kid that used to say, uh, hope is great, but it's not a game plan. You know, I hope we score a touchdown or I hope we win the game, but it's, it's not a game plan. You still have to have the game plan and call the right plays. Uh, using the sports metaphor, because that's kind of my background. I, lo- I love sports. And uh, is is it safe to say that there are some instances where – like like on a football field, for example, somebody's the quarterback, but somebody has to block. It's knowing roles to maximize Absolutely. to maximize team performance, and that can happen in a business as well. Correct? Absolutely. Um, we we teach something within teams in, in terms of how to communicate with each other called the judging ladder, and the judging ladder says uh, we all start with this awareness that there are people that are different than us. Whether they communicate differently, they think differently, they show up differently. And so the, the natural first step in that ladder is judgment, right? Uh, we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge other people by their actions sometimes. And so let's say someone's cutting you off in traffic. You may make this assumption that like, oh, they just don't know how to drive or they're just a jerk. They don't care about other people. Well, going further up that ladder is the next step is understanding, actually pursuing that person or gaining a little bit more insight of, I wonder why they're doing this and just learning more about your teammates. Why? Why would this teammate not run as quickly as I can? Well, they don't have that skill set. And then you go to appreciating their differences. But then the top level is not just appreciating like, okay, yeah, we have different people on our team. That's nice. But valuing their differences in the terms of I'm pursuing this person and I'm utilizing this person because of what they bring to the table. Um, And so there's a difference between high performing teams and good teams. So if you take going back to the football metaphor, the New England Patriots throughout the 2000s, as painful as it is to talk about them being an Atlanta Falcons fan, 
I'm going to compare these two teams. The New England Patriots have a high-performing team and organization because their success was sustainable throughout a 20-year period. The Atlanta Falcons in 2016, they had a really good team. They made it to the Super Bowl and led through most of it. But what happened after that? Yeah, don't remind they, me. They couldn't, they couldn't <laughs> produce it. I know. It's painful. It's painful as an Atlanta fan, but that's the difference. Right. Do you have a good team that can produce success? Or do you have a high-performing team and organization that can sustain it where leaders produce more leaders and team culture produces better team culture? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I want to move on to Thomas here, but uh, another coaching cliche uh, hit my brain when you were talking about that. I had, again – Back way back in the day, some coach when I was in the sixth grade or something used to tell you tell us that good is the enemy of great. You know, if you're if you're if you set the bar at good, well then you'll stop. Um, anyway, the, I, I could probably talk to you for twenty four hours about this stuff. <laughs> uh, perhaps I should go work on my teamwork, Thomas. Um, we got a unique group of of people here, uh, different businesses. You and I often talk about how we try to find a link to the guests that you invited on the uh, Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. Um, what, what's the common theme here? Have you found one? Yeah, well, several actually. Um, but what usually we try to find like food, you know, everybody has something <laughs> in common with food or somebody's near a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, that's just, just to interrupt Thomas here for a minute. We have found that when people start telling where their locations are, when they're giving directions in Rome, everybody refers to it, oh, we're near. You know, we're near we're near the, the deli, or we're near Applebee's, or everybody goes gives directions by restaurant. I'm sorry, Thomas, to interrupt you. Go ahead. Right, right. but you know, uh, let's keep it with the food. You know, um, and that's that's Chick Fil A. You know, uh, um, Michelle earlier in the meeting uh, that we had, she mentioned, you know, her her set service. She wants to be the Chick Fil A of of storage places. You know. That's a high standard. So that's a perceived value that, you know, uh, Windshape uh, teaches, basically. And, um, you know, and uh, those values you find definitely also in Calib's uh, uh, company because they're going to be on standby, and, you know, and service is, is a top goal for them. And they all, you know, want to wanna service people with, a, with the highest customer service possible. And, you know, the quality of work is, is for all of them important. And, you know, and everybody, you know, you, come a little bit more towards um, Calib, uh, you know, everything has also to do with damage control, you know, or damage repair or, you know, guarding damage, you know. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something this group has in common and uh, interesting. And, you know, I, I just can't wait where this goes. Yeah, I can, I can always count on Thomas to, to find connecting threads because part of what we like to do here is we're celebrating business and everybody has their story. But we're all interconnected, you know. When 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 business is doing well, hopefully everybody's boat is rising, as they say. So uh, speaking of speaking of uh, boats rising and floodwaters, Caleb, is Rome a unique situation because of all the because of the rivers? Is that a is that a headache for residents? But uh, something that you guys can really attack with with flooding. Um. Yeah, so when the floods happened just recently, yeah. um, I don't know that we really dealt with so much of the rivers, but like a lot of people who are on hills, um, if you have an underground room or a crawl space on the backside of a hill, all that water is rolling off the hill and just going straight into your basement. Ah. Your house. So if you have an, so there's something called a water table in the ground, and basically once it fills up so much it can't hold anymore and it just starts overflowing. So if you have a room underground, then um, there's a good chance that the water is just going to start pouring in from the outside wall. 
And the downside there is like, you have to let it run its course. There's no way to like, you know, to, to keep that from happening. Now, the best advice I can give anybody who wants to prevent a water damage is get a sump pump in your, in your basement. Uh, it is, it's a little expensive, but it's totally worth it. And then uh, if you don't have flood insurance, um, it is not automatically included in, in most people's insurance. So if you live on the side of a hill and you have an underground like basement or room, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get flood insurance. So um, it's not covered. We do a lot of self-pays, people who are just paying out of pocket and we'll, you know, you work with them as much as we can to make sure that we can uh, just get them taken care of just at a baseline. But um, yeah, so those uh, are just some things most people don't think about. Yeah, I never, I've never would have thought about the hill. If you think you're on a hill, you probably think you're safe. But if it's, if you it's definitely co- think you're safe. <laughs> yeah. um, what is, what is uh, one of the things I like to touch on too is just kind of the entrepreneurial spirit of small business people. What was it about your grandfather and father and you, I guess, that were, were attracted to this business and wanted to get in it and and be a franchisee, um, and and just the mindset of jumping into small business ownership. Yeah. So, um, and my dad's actually got a pretty cool story. So he was a youth pastor for the first, um, 14 years of, uh, of his career. And, um, so I was, uh, I was a PK, I was a pastor's kid and, um, uh, you know, so, he, so, uh, so you were a wild child. <laughs> I was, uh, I was so wild, man. I was the wildest PK you've ever met. Um, um, so we moved around a lot because, um, you know, working for a church is just, is just tough. And sometimes people have disagreements and stuff like that. So we moved around a lot. We lived in uh, Texas, Louisiana, Colorado, lived in Colorado for about two and a half years. And then we moved back to Birmingham and we were, you know, we had another issue at the church we were at. My dad was working at and he, um, he just like couldn't do it anymore. So he started his whole career over from scratch and started doing sales. And he worked in a mall uh, selling cell phones. And um, it wasn't, but a few years after that, he worked at AT and T, and he got an offer from uh, to do sales at ServePro in Birmingham. Ah, okay. They're they're one of the biggest franchises in the southeast. Um, so he was a um a business consultant at uh, Surpro Birmingham. So he would go around to the local franchises that Surpro Birmingham would oversee, and he would give them advice on how to run their business. And after meeting all these business owners, I mean, he was just like, "Well, if they can do it. Like, why can't I do it?" So he's always he's a wheeler and dealer. So he's always looking for the next best deal. He has a really hard time passing up a good offer if he misses a chance. He uh. It, uh, it pains him for the next several months. Um, and, uh, and so he started looking for an opportunity to buy a franchise. And uh, he, had, he, was, uh, he was a, a franchise business consultant for about eight years. And then one came around and it was in Alexander City, Alabama. So it's, that's the Lake Martin area. If you're going from Birmingham to Auburn, you'll pass right through it. And um, yeah, and so he sold, I think it was, uh, it was 2019, 2018, they sold the house we grew up in and uh, put everything they had into the business and, and just gave it, gave it their best shot. And um, um, we've been really, really blessed um, in how successful that business uh, um, has been. Um, And um, you know, we, through that, he wanted to provide me with an opportunity for uh, to do something in business. And that's what I was going to school for. And, uh, and so when Rome came around, he asked me if I'd be interested in uh, helping him start up a second franchise. And so I, 
I, I thought about it. I prayed about it. You know, I'd seen him start his franchise from, from top to bottom. And I was like, you know, I think I might be able to give that a shot. Good. And so, you know, after thinking about it long and hard, I, I decided to give it a go. And, um, and so we moved towards purchasing the franchise here. And about a year later, um, we, uh, we closed out after some delays with COVID naturally. Um, and, um, I went to training last summer and then finished out, uh, late, um, uh, last July. And then we moved here. So Michelle, uh, is, is storage hound, is that a franchise or, or is this a totally independent operation? It's totally independent of, uh, myself and my husband. And we have another business partner, Rick, uh, Nick Rogers, that um, actually work with him through real estate. We were actually all three realtors and, you know, saw a need and uh, Mark and I were looking into the business idea and wanting to do it. And I started talking with Nick and found out that he was investigating the same business idea. So we said, okay, we need to put our heads together and, and let's make this thing happen. So, so as, as a realtor, so you saw a need, you saw people having too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) and 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 not just having too much stuff but adding the the additional levels of security and bells and whistles um right we saw a need that you know um from college students to women like myself that don't want to come out to a storage unit late at night without feeling safe and secure where it's lit up you don't you know you you just don't want to go somewhere that you don't feel comfortable and so we wanted to make it simple and easy where you can sign up online and move right in. And, and like I said, you feel safe at night or any time of day that you want to come out and get, you know, get in your unit and get your things. Well, as a, as a real estate agent, that's kind of an industry where most realtors that I know, they, they all kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit. It's the harder you work, the more sales you're making and buying and commissions and things like that. So did, did you all share that that bug of let's do something on our own. We did. We, um, we, like I said, my husband and I were, had been looking at this idea for, for years, probably 10 years or more. And it just happened to be the right time. And so we were looking at properties and looking at ideas and just happened to, you know, Nick's an appraiser. And so we were asking questions with him and then he said, Hey, well, I'm looking into doing the same thing. So we said, okay, let's, Let's see what we can do. See, see what we can make happen. Well, Lisa and Joseph, Lisa, I think you said earlier at Windshape, you're kind of on the client relations side. What, what do you, do you run into what, like what size businesses do you, do you do large and small? Do you run into the individual entrepreneur? Do you run into corporate? What, what are you dealing with? Well, we've served all kinds. We run the gamut. So we can serve individual team members all the way up to like the corporate CEO. Um, Our target audience is more the small business, mid-level management team leader in like a mid-sized organization, I would say would be like our target that we're going for. Um, We have served leadership teams and we have so we have team retreats where a, a intact team or group of people can come and retreat together. And like Joseph and some other instructors that we have can lead them through that experience. And we also have these things called summits, which are more open enrollment, like ticketed events for individuals. 
So if you're an individual leader at an organization, but don't have a full team or don't have the time and money to bring a whole team, you can come as an individual and get developed as a leader alongside other leaders. And so there's a lot of like networking that can happen in that instance at our summits. Um, And there's more diversity of talent and skill and experience in those events. So yeah, we have both. And then we also do individual one-on-one coaching now. We started that last year. So that is doing really well. We launched it in 2020 during the pandemic and it's going really well. We have a full calendar. Oh, good for you. So so when you talk about teams, is it, is it five people or 50 people or 500 people? Does it matter? Joseph? Um, it, it, yeah, it is a wide range, Roger. Um, and, uh, so I've worked with teams that like, yeah, they have five people and we've just really had an immersive and, uh, intensive experience with them. And then of, um, the largest team I've worked with in the virtual platform, cause now we have virtual options as well as every company probably throughout the last year has developed virtual options. Um, we've worked with groups like of 150 people in one virtual setting doing an experiential program and, um, I just worked with a group of two play interns with about 75 people. And so, yeah, we can go up into the hundreds. Um, we can have people on our campus, which is nice because we have a challenge course that we can play with. But we also have a huge activity library where we can take a lot of our activities anywhere on the planet. So I've done programs in Kenya, Zimbabwe, Tijuana, um, just a lot of different places. And so we're very um, adaptable and flexible to work with any team. Uh, is it? Is it a one-day seminar? Is it a weekend retreat? Is it a week? Is it an hour? How, what's, how does, what's the commitment? Yeah, so normally we go, our ideal would be a half-day, full-day, half-day. Gotcha. But we can do one single day, a full day. We can do four days if that's what you're looking for. Um, but our summits, the individual events are half-day, full-day, half-day at our campus in Mount Barry, at least for 2021. That's the plan. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We might expand to other locations. We'll just see how that, how it goes with all the COVID stuff, you know? Yeah. Hopefully we're getting back to normal. Um, we, we, we've been on zoom doing these podcasts for a while and I think we're going to get back in studio here when school starts because uh, our studio is at the Rome news tribune. Um, but we're, we're looking at other options to kind of maybe improve it prior to then. Um, but yeah, just, I think we're all glad to see slowly, but surely things getting back to normal, but we all are adapting and now we understand how virtual can help and be a tool. And I think people will continue to use virtual, um, in, in a variety of ways. Uh, last little go around here. Um, let's talk about how you get your name out there, your website, your marketing, uh, Caleb, how can people get a hold of you? Um, social media, things like that. Uh, yeah. So if you, uh, if you're in a pinch, if you just Google water damage in, in Rome, we'll be one of the top five, uh, search results. So, um, if you're just looking for a phone number to call, you can call that. Um, and, um, it'll go straight to, uh, you'll get an after hours call and then it'll go straight to me. But other than that, we have Instagram. I've got, I just made an Instagram page and then we also have uh, Facebook and, and the Instagram handle is Serve Pro of Rome. And then the Facebook is Serve Pro of Floyd County. 
Serve Pro of Floyd County. Um, Michelle, you guys are located out off Technology Parkway. Uh, like where specifically? We are 857 Technology Parkway. Our phone number is 706-591-5990. Or we're on the website, www.thestoragepound.com. Um, and you can find us on Facebook with the same name. And how did you guys choose the name? <laughs> well, you know, it was one of those funny, we didn't want it to be like everybody else so that you know who we are, um, uh, which is one of those, they're, all the names were so similar that you can't remember which one's which. You know, you go to one of them, we wanted to be different. So <laughs> the storage hound. Uh, so, so, uh, that TV show storage wars, are they ever going to come to Rome and we're going to have an auction out there? <laughs> I don't know. I'll come. You've got one bidder. You have that. If that happens. <laughs> uh, uh, I get sucked into those shows. I don't know why. Uh, Lisa and Joseph, uh, contact information for wind shape and specifically the, the branch that you guys take care of. Uh, how can people stay in touch with y'all or find you? Yeah. Um, if you Google Windshape Teams, same thing. You'll find everything you need to know. But we have website at windshapeteams.org. And our social platforms, we're on most of the major players. So we have Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's the handle is just Windshape Teams. So find us on your favorite and start following and liking and engaging with us. We'd love to get to know you. Sure. Um Thomas, final thoughts from the chamber, contact information for you. Contact information, we have one Riverside Parkway, so come and visit us, uh, have a coffee and ask questions, uh, we find the answer for you. Um, you find us also uh, via Google, just uh, Google uh, Rome Floyd Chamber and you find us, but the website is romega.com, phone number is 706-291-7663. Final thoughts, Thomas? Well, it was a great uh, group of people. Uh, if you guys, uh, you know, need information, I'd be happy to connect you guys. And I, I see already a few synergies. Uh, um, I'm going to brainstorm there a little bit longer for you and uh, let you guys know. Fantastic. And, uh, glad to have you back, Roger. You know, you look very relaxed. <laughs> I, 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 I took a week off. <laughs> I don't know that it's I'm... A pleasure. Go ahead. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. Caleb, I live on a hill, and Michelle, we will be getting an RV later this year. So good to know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, RVs are probably great, but when you park them in front of your house, your neighbors might not like the eyesore. <laughs> but that, you know, the storage hound solves that problem, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, love the synergy. Uh, well, thanks so much, everybody, for participating. This has been fantastic. I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. This has been the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thanks for listening.